If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Actually, today's going to be an episode where uh, Brian and Brandon come back. We're going to do our Pokemon Legends RCS episode. But before they join, I do want to talk about a couple things. And one of them is Elden Ring. I did beat it recently. So you can expect the review coming out for that. Hopefully within the month, I, I want to finish a lot more content that's within the game. I think I still have like eight major bosses left that give you achievements. So kind of a big deal and i somehow skipped a major boss as well before i beat the game but the reason why i want to bring it up is once again like it's one of the best games ever made like it's it's going to go down in history as a, a legacy title that people will be talking about for decades and i do believe that even though it is difficult it is still worth your time like if you haven't checked it out yet I, you know that's why i want to bring it up is you should you should please go buy it support this kind of content because you know, it's, it's so refreshing to play a game that launches and actually is feature complete. It's, you know, it has all the content there. I'm sure there's cut content. Every project has something that gets cut. But at least like what we got at launch was worth our $60. Um, I think I'm at 51 hours into the game now. And I honestly don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Like I, I seriously haven't had this much fun in a really long time. And in Legends Arceus is good too. I have like 90 something hours. so there's clearly a niche with i guess for me as a player but the reason why i bring it up is just it's a really good game the combat is very addicting there's so many options out there between spells incantations which are different versions of spells archery you know sword combat spears pikes hammers scythes whips apparently because i got one and <laughs> it's pretty badass i'm sure all of you uh, listening saw the video uh just mounted combat you know the mounted combat's really fucking fun um the the game is going to be talked about for a while definitely on the podcast here so i just wanted to give a quick update if you still haven't picked the game up please consider it i, I think it's worth your time if you have a playstation xbox or uh, pc of course you can play this game uh, the multiplayer is fun i wish the co-op allowed you to still get on your mounts um i think you're nerfed a little too much in the co-op for, for my taste uh 
can't think of anything else at the time, but yeah. So I want to talk about Elden Ring, Elden Ring real quick and bring that up. And then I wanted to talk about Halo Fireteam Raven. So it's an arcade game that got released a few years ago, five years ago. I don't remember. They're only located in Dave and Buster's. Uh, shout out to anybody from my company who may listen to this, all my friends. Uh, they took me there for um, celebrate my promotion. So I finally got to play the arcade game. And I got to tell you, the arcade game's fucking badass. I cannot believe they didn't make a version of it for consoles. Uh, you're, you know, you play as Fireteam Raven, ODST Squad, who is on the Pillar of Autumn with Chief during Combat Evolved as it goes down and everything. Like a minor spoiler in case anyone plans on playing it soon. Um, <laughs> so you literally see Chief at the end of the first mission for yourselves as well. Um, kill some Covenant and then he jumps on the drop, drop pod. So that's where the second mission starts for Halo 1. And then you guys stay on the Pillar of Autumn. And then you eventually get on a drop pod. Or I'm sorry, escape pod. And then you land next to the Pillar of Autumn. Like you see the Pillar of Autumn crash in the second mission of Fireteam Raven. And then you start fighting around it and trying to defend it from the Covenant. And I just was like, dude, this game is so fucking cool. I didn't get to finish it just beyond that. I think there's like five missions. Uh, just a really good time. I want to bring it up because I've wanted to play that for years and years and years. So shout out to my friend Joe for hooking it up because Fireteam Raven was badass. Uh, and then also on Halo Infinite, um, you have, I think, one more week as you are hearing this, if you hear it on release day. Uh, Halo Tactical Ops came out, so that in introduced uh, tactical manglers and sidekicks. So you start with sidekicks only and then manglers only. Uh, those two game modes are fun as shit. There's something about the BR starts. Like, I I don't know. I've never been the biggest SWAT fan, but not, I don't really feel it. But I'll tell you what, the sidekicks, you cannot go wrong with the sidekicks. And the manglers are just a great time because some people are, like, really good, mediocre, or just, you know, in between. So. Uh, tactical ops is cool. Uh, you know, I did appreciate some of the rewards. I think the Mark V Zeta helmet's cool. I think the armor coating's cool. Um, some of the other attachments for your armor is cool. I um, I just think this game needs maps so bad. It, it needs so much more shit. Like uh, these little events that add uh, minor content just aren't enough, in my opinion. And I, th I think we have a long way to go to that. So hopefully, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully season two does something right. Um, we'll have to see. They talked about that recently too. I don't think I talked about that on the podcast, but like there's a couple of characters that they're going to be introducing in season two that provide more story content, I guess. So I'm hoping that what they mean by that is like, there's more campaign missions or things to do in the campaign, because I, I still think the, the ring and the, and what the world they built should be utilized, um, whether it's playing solo or with co-op. Um, co-op will launch mid season two so i uh, can't believe it got delayed again it's ridiculous but for any of those who were wondering because i was wondering myself however it was confirmed for four player co-op and not two player i didn't think they weren't going to do four player but i am happy that they are um that was kind of a big deal to me and then uh so yeah i'll have more halo updates as the year comes but honestly the game's getting kind of stale uh it makes me sad as shit um, I don't ever expect the days to be like Halo 3 and Halo Reach or, you know, Halo 2. Um, I think those days are long gone for the franchise unless the Battle Royale happens because as much as I hate it, that argument, like I do think a Battle Royale would save the game. Um, so I think those days are long gone. So it, it is saddening because I think a lot of people work their asses off on this game and some of the game's highest qualities really are stand out in my opinion. 
but it's just uh it's pretty sad you know when you got a game like elden ring that comes out and it's like all right fuck <laughs> you know these these live service games just are not the way to go um i think i'd rather pay like 100 bucks i'm sorry not 100 bucks but like 80 bucks for a game if i knew like we got forge we got custom games we got custom game browser theater mode that works custom games that work co-op full-fledged campaign and then they had an expansion pass i don't know like i really miss those business models i don't miss my microtransactions live service though just bothers the hell out of me i think bungie with destiny like sure they could pull it off you know they definitely figured it out i think for the most part but i, I don't think every other franchise needs to be live service um you know I, I think games like you know pokemon legends rcs that's not a live service game but they do they just had like that pokemon day daybreak dlc and it's like that was cool you know nothing wrong with a little dlc content update i, I appreciate those a lot um, i'm down for that kind of content but like launch these games half baked and then they get updated a year and a half or a year to two years later to finally be the game that they were meant to at launch is like i just think it's so fucking stupid and i'm not delusional either like it's definitely like gaming as a whole it's no longer just the developers pouring their hearts out into fantastic games like the games we've been growing up with for like the last 35 years it's just uh you know it's, it's clearly more of a corporate juggernaut now and, and i totally get that it's business and you got to make your money back and you got to keep the lights on i 100 get it i just wish that there was a more efficient way for these companies to earn their money because you know there are people working hard to make this content, but I also wish there was a better way for consumers to enjoy it. And um, I think that's kind of a really shitty thing in our industry. But uh, on a lighter note, I guess uh, Grid Legends is available for a free trial on EA Play. So if you have Game Pass Ultimate or if you have PlayStation Plus, you can test out this game and play the first ten hours. It is a racing simulator type game. I say it like that because it's not that much of a simulation in my opinion. Like it seems very, very off from the simulation aspect of it, but the game is fun. The graphics aren't actually too bad. Um, I think the, I think the loading screens dumb as shit though. <laughs> Cause like you'll go through like three loading screens and say like grid legends. And then you'll go into like a cutscene for their, um, their campaign or even just between the, um, the menus. I just, I don't get it. I don't know why they did that. I really don't understand that call. It's kind of irritating, but the gameplay itself is fun. I definitely recommend it if you guys are into racing games. I myself love racing games. I think they're so addicting. Um, shout out to Mario Kart because I think next week we are getting the Mario Kart DLC, so I'll definitely be doing a follow-up on that. I don't think I've done my Mario Kart 8 review. I don't know. I have so much stuff I want to do, but releasing one episode a week kind of really boggles it down. Uh, next up is Century Age of Ashes, a free-to-play multiplayer game available for Xbox Series X and S, and it's already been available on Steam, I think, for over a year or a year and a half. It is a dragon-riding flight-killing game. I don't know how to explain it, um, but you're on the back of a dragon, and you shoot fireballs and stuff, and you can dodge and attacks, and you can do quick turns. You can boost. You can use special abilities. And it's like a 4v4 team deathmatch type game. Uh, I'm doing a really bad job of explaining it, but it's, it's fun. Um, it looks good. The gameplay is very, very smooth. I, I would recommend doing the tutorial if you check this game out. But I think the reason why I bring, bring this game up is the sound design 
for this game is extremely impressive. I, I was completely blown away. I had my headset on and it just, it felt like a amphitheater or, or just like theater quality audio in my ears. And I, I really got to hand it off to this team. Unfortunately, I did not get the developer's name before I recorded this. So shout out to me for being on top of that. I, I recommend the game Century Age of Ashes. If you want to play as a dragon, there's, there's different classes. So one dragon's like invisible, one dragon's a support, or I played as like the Marauder, where it's just more of a straight attack, you know, DPS built uh, build. Um, very, very fun. Uh, it's free to play. So I don't, I don't think there's any reason to not check it out. The microtransactions suck, but it's one of those games where it's like you really don't need it unless you have to have, have to look different. Like I, I, I enjoy like the free classes they give you or the dragons. They're actually not even bad looking. So uh, shout out to this team. Um, I hope more people pick up the game. Like I said, it's free to play on Xbox Series X, S, and then it is already available on PC. So that's really all I got today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, well, not today, but that's all I got by myself. Uh, we're going to go ahead and welcome in Brian and Brandon. So I will be right back. And we're back to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, whichever one you want to call it. We're going to go ahead and just say both because I can't stop saying Arceus. But we're here to talk about the game. It finally came out. Don't worry, Brandon. Brandon's making a weird face, but me and Brian had a conversation about which one's the right way to say it. Okay. You say Arceus. I say Arceus. All right. Damn. Potato, potato, God and goad. <laughs> Anyways, these these fine gentlemen are back. It's so great to have everyone back to talk about Pokemon or just be on the podcast in general. It's been a while. Uh, Brian, how you doing today, man? Good, man. I'm excited for today's episode. Hear your guys' thoughts on Arceus, Arceus, whatever you guys want to call it. Because I honestly, sometimes I say Arceus, sometimes I say Arceus. So nevertheless, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, we were texting each other throughout our playthroughs, uh, all in very different spots, even till this day. So it's pretty pretty awesome to get together and talk about it on the podcast. Uh, you can also follow Brian at another vinyl page on Instagram. So be sure to do that. Brandon, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? I'm Happy good, to be man. back. Yeah, thank you for being back. How's everything been? Oh, it's been good. Just, um, you know, beating Arceus to, uh, you know, prepare for this episode also because i enjoyed the game so yeah been having a good time playing that yeah it's been a great time i was telling brian you know um when we were waiting to start the show i think i'm at like 92 hours on the game now and i only have a hundred like 20 on sword and shield so the game hasn't even been out for a full three months yet and i already have 90 hours so i feel like that's a testament to the game itself and that's kind of what i want to talk about is when the game was announced right um all of us had very mixed opinions, uh, feelings about it, uh, especially since it was announced alongside the Diamond Pearl remakes. But for people who haven't heard this a million times already, Brian, like, what were your first thoughts again, just to get everyone freshened up with your initial thoughts on like the trailer and whatnot? I think my first thoughts were really positive. I really was happy that they had the regular Sinnoh remake they were doing and then this one where they're going to focus on something new but was what was weird is as we kept getting more info and trailers come out my hype was going down lower and lower and I did not think the I didn't think I was going to like the game but if it surprised me I enjoyed the hell out of it and I'm still enjoying it and I'm going to be playing this game for a while yeah pretty much uh Brandon how about you man well um 
you know, was really stoked to the idea of an open world Pokemon game where it was heavily influenced by Breath of the Wild. So I thought it was really ambitious um, in terms of the idea. Now it was just up to the execution in hand, you know, to see how it was actually going to perform. And um, yeah, I was cautiously optimistic at first, but then once I got my hands on it, it was game over. It felt like playing Kanto again. <laughs> I agree. Oh, all the feels. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Like, I know, like, the, the beginning, and, you know, we can jump into that uh, later, well, here in a bit. Um, beginning was kind of like a slog for some of us who have been playing the games forever. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of talking. I felt it was necessary. Like, at the end of the day, these are still kid games, and that's just always an argument we're going to have because we're, we are the the kids growing up still playing these games. But for the new generation, probably couldn't hurt to have all that tutorial, you know, the little hand-holding for, like, the first couple hours. Sucks for us, but thankfully you can you know, put your text to fast and get the hell through it. Um, it actually was that, amazing because it started out at fast. Yeah. Oh. And the options. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I was surprised when I went to go change it and I was like, oh, it's already fast. Well, yeah. shit. <laughs> so, you know, the game when it got announced, I was happy, but meh. I was cautiously optimistic, you know. Um, it was just kind of a tough one. I just feel like so many of the games lately have been boring, you know, and it was just kind of whatever. Didn't really have much hope. And then, like Brian said, the trailers kept coming out and they kept coming out. I'm like, all right, you know, it looks all it looks okay. Nothing to freak out about. And then, sure enough, we get the game and it's like you just said, Brandon, it just feels like playing Kanto again. It feels like the first time you played gold and silver and you're like, what the fuck is this? You know, like I remember exploring the Johto region right there at the beginning, getting Totodile. Going to get to uh, go talk to Oak to get the egg to take back to Professor Elm. Just exploring like a new region immediately right out the gate was remarkable. And God damn it, Luna. <laughs> oh, thankfully I left my door open. So she can't bark. She got in here. Um, the, the game's good. The game started off a little slow, but it just felt so new that I, I really didn't mind the dialogue myself. Um, you know, what, what did you guys think of the initial, you know, first five hours of the game like were you still hyped just because of how new it was or do you actually believe it was just a little too much of the hand holding whoever wants to go first well like we all said it was kind of slow in the beginning like it was to the point where i think my first day playing it's like fuck i want to just like start catching i want to start catching these pokemon and the story kind of dragged on for a while and then once i threw and caught my first pokeball or pokemon i was just so into it i was so invested and having a great time with it. So it took a while. It, the first day was a slog, but I'm, it was great. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it'd be definitely one that's like kind of difficult to start a new game on. You know, oh, just because you're going yeah, through so yeah. much exposition, which I felt like was partially necessary just because this was Pokemon in a way that we've never played it before. So, you know, it was a little bit of a learning curve because even like watching my nieces play it, you know, and they're just like <laughs> ready to, you know, catch a Pokemon. And it's not like just, you know, running and battling and like hitting bag. It's you got to account for like the arch on the Pokeball. You got to account for like if it's a Pokemon that usually runs away during battle. And um, although the exposition was, I felt pretty necessary. It still felt pretty old. This is like a, a veteran player. I was like, okay, I, I get the hang of it. Like I've ran bow in Breath of the Wild and in Skyrim. Like I can. 
I got this. I'll be fine. I'll be sneaky. But um, but yeah, my first five hours, um, I was hooked instantly because of the aesthetic and um, seeing the relatives of current Pokemon characters, like you know, trying to pin who's like the the the. What should I say? Ancestor of like a modern day characters we're familiar with. So that was um, it was really cool. It drew me in like right away. You know, in a in a way, the game feels like it's paying homage to us as fans. Um, you know, being able to start with different partner Pokemon from uh, various regions, um, like you just said, seeing the ancestors of current trainers, gym leaders, champions, villains, uh just the region itself right so we already know what Sinnoh looks like but then you take it and really make it look like this and it's like what the hell and then honestly the thing that you know makes the game worth 60 bucks alone is seeing Cyndaquil's flame again so the second I saw that I was fucking sold and I know to some people listening it might be silly but it's just like I remember playing you know gold back in the day and when you throw him out his sprite and all their sprites look amazing actually till this day those are probably some of the best sprites in the games um yeah so it was really cool to see their flames again just added to the immersion uh just being able to wander around and like see these pokemon um you know obviously they only probably do a few animations but it's still cool to see them wander about live their lives either they run away from you or they're adamant towards you like they want to attack you or they just don't give a shit there's some Pokemon like that. If you run towards Machop, he will most likely run towards you and go, what the fuck? Like, he'll just kind of hang out with you <laughs> um, and, um, in some cases. So the world itself felt really nice right away. But like you guys said, the exposition was a little much. Um, the hand-holding, um, I think if, if they could have cut it down to like maybe just an hour, if, I don't know, I think an hour is even crazy to think about. You know, honestly, when we're talking about it out loud, I mean, that is a lot of hand-holding. Like, it's so boring that Eric hasn't even made it past a certain part. Like, he's still in the tutorial because it's so boring for him. So, um, it's a little unfortunate, but, like, the beginning area is cool. And the variety of Pokemon, too, in the beginning area is great because you got Ponyta, Wormpool, Bidoof, Shinx, Starly, Weasel. And then if you wander off to the right, a fucking massive Snorlax. So that's crazy, too. What's yeah, that? I had to... Go ahead, bro. No, I said I didn't even see Snorlax yet. Wow. <laughs> oh, he's like, I still have it. <laughs> it's the alpha too, right? Yeah, it's I'm the alpha. Find it now. I'm going to find it. I think, I think aside from like the, of course, like not having the particular ride Pokemon, that was like a first like physical barrier. It's like, yes, you, you can, you can try. But he, he, he's going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember Hyper Beam. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, Maeve, my niece, like, Go like I can do it, I can do it. And she's got like her highest is level twenty five do what, and I'm like, oh honey, I don't think so. And she tried it, oh. and she got wiped out, and she was like, I got a ball upset, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's that's the game. Just get stronger and then tried. go back. Yeah. yeah, at least you tried. Um, you know that was what's cool about it too is like in the early parts you can get an Eevee, Pikachu, Munchlax, Geo, dude, like the variety of Pokemon that they allowed you to get. Um, very early was really cool, and then at night Zubat yeah. and Drifloon. Um, I just think it just this game is like it's brand new but honestly it takes like parts that made some other games so good and puts them all together one of the things we'll always talk about with black and white too is the amount of Pokemon you can get in the first two hours of that game from Riolu 
uh, Mareep, Elekid, and Magby, uh, and Growlithe, to name a few, plus all the other Pokemon, and then your starters. Like, it's nice to have that variety. It makes the game more fun and engaging. And then you get a quest not even that far in for a fucking free shiny Ponyta. Um, a little disappointed that's the only quest you get, to be completely honest. Uh, I think it's a huge missed opportunity to not maybe um, continue a line of quests to get shiny Pokemon from the same person, right? So he keeps finding these Pokemon and then eventually maybe it's like an alpha shiny, like uh, maybe an alpha Zoroark, right? Hisuian yeah. Zoroark. Just like, it could have been cool to see that continued. Um, shinies aren't that hard to get in this game as opposed to previous titles, especially like the old school ones. So it would have been cool to see that utilized more because um, whether whether or not they're easy to get in this game or Pokemon Go, it's still fun to get them. And then, you know, one of the things me and Brian were talking about is just the shiny chime right so if you're near a shiny pokemon has a little jingle to it it's fucking badass like it, it is so cool and like i was telling you guys in the text the other day i was doing a uh massive mass outbreak and i was randomly by the volcano where you get magby and all that and you fight the arcanine and i was just you know on my braviary chilling and i heard the jingle i'm like the fuck where is it <laughs> i couldn't figure it out um, because there's a bunch of spots nearby where there's, you know, the outbreak Pokemon. And then sure enough, I look to my right, literally on the edge of the map before like it all fogs up and shit. Fucking Tentacruel, just chilling. Nice. You know, shiny cool. Tentacruel. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. It felt great. Um, and then later Shiny Zora, which is oof, so, such a such a good shiny. Um, so we're obviously going to jump around a lot with the game itself, but I wanted to talk about like the story, right? Where a kid who fell from the future, RCS sent us back in time. Um, well, we'll just kind of start right there. Like, what did you guys think of that? I thought the story itself was cool. I didn't have any issue with it. It's kind of hard for me to honestly be invested in the story when the facial expressions and lack of voice acting isn't there. But that's not going to mess up the story. I think it's fine. It does its job. And it's something different. We're not going to eight gyms. It's something different that we're used to. So I can't knock it for that. Well, I think um, uh, real quick, you know, I, I do agree with you 100%. Like I was thinking about it today, um, you know, just as someone who just like I just finished Elden Ring, another open world game, right? Um, very different games, but they're still RPGs. Uh, Elden Ring really um, values from having voice acting, right? I mean, mo most games have voice acting, but I'm saying like these characters these little run-ins that you have in Pokemon are the same kind of run-ins you have in every other RPG. And it's like, damn, it really hurts Pokemon to not have that voice acting, especially, well, I'll let Brandon go and then we'll continue on the story. Yeah. What were your thoughts so far, Brandon, with like the story and like what you experienced? Um, you know, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty standard. It reminded me a lot of Pokemon mystery dungeon, how you just get kind of transported to this new world Yeah. by essentially falling out of the sky. So it really played into that. But if you really you take it like that, but I also saw it as your uh, Arceus was using space and time to send you back to essentially help play in the part in making the history of modern Pokemon as we know it, such as like with the Pokedex, etc. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, I did love the uh, all the villagers like saying, like talking shit on your outfit. They're like, the fuck is that? Like, what are you wearing? Yeah, I think almost I thought that was they say something, right. Yeah, they start dragging you like the minute you get into town. I'm like, this is fucking great. Like, at least it's not like, 
oh okay whatever you're here oh well you fell out of the sky let's go about life normally We've been waiting for you <laughs> yeah they're like yo what the fuck is up with these sandals my guy like yeah the fuck they, you know they read your ass so um i thought that was really cool how they you know acknowledge your difference and um i don't know if we want to get into that uh yet but um it has to do with later on in the story no you can get into whatever you want to because the next thing i'm going to bring up is getting shunned so you bring, yeah. up, bring up whatever you want that's exactly like from from you know them knowing you're an outsider and trusting you to being exiled it's it was really fun to see like that kind of progress and have some kind of personal skin in the story like it felt really i felt kind of like oh fuck dude like i gotta redeem myself now it was the first time in pokemon i'm like i gotta fucking show what i'm made of um yeah, yeah it was really cool but unfortunately towards the end like I started to just mash it because I just like wanted to progress. And um, one of the the final characters, it's it gets a little. You can like, say whatever you want. I mean, already. okay. So what's what's his name? Volo. Yeah, yeah. He just gets a little uh, like towards the end. He got a little preachy and like wasn't really down with it. So I was like, you know, what? I just want to I just want to fight you and get it over with. Which he was actually a really tough battle. I don't know. If oh, you... so you did finish that? Yeah, I finished. I'm working on the Pokedex right now. We'll probably. Oh. Yeah, we, uh, that's where I'm personally at. Um, Ryan, I know you're working on um, completing the Pokedex too, right? Do yeah. You have well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'm just trying to 100% it for the shiny charm. Yeah, you said then, Ryan. No, I, was, I said Ryan, but Brian, oh, where sorry. are you at in, in the game? Brian, where are you at in the game? I just finished the main story and now I'm doing a couple other little tasks they have afterwards. I think I'm getting the last few plates I need. And then afterwards, I'm just going to start completing the decks. All right. So yeah, Brandon made it farther than I thought, because I thought you were just going to maybe go to shiny hunting, you know, as one would when they complete a game like that. It was, it was um, tempting, but I want to get Arceus and get the massive mass outbreaks for sure. Well, I'm sure um, Brian knows about it, but what did you think of like Giratina fighting it twice? Brian, I'm talking to you, Brandon. Sorry. Are you talking to me? Oh, I was yeah, waiting for yeah. Brian's response. Like, yeah, well, Brian. no, I'm saying I'm sure Brian's heard of it, but he clearly isn't there yet. So yeah, I'm sure. you like that's right. Um, I thought it was pretty insane to have like this is not even my final form in like a double boss battle where you didn't get healed in the middle. I was like sweating. I was like, oh shit. Oh wow. I oh, had shit. no idea it was like that. That's nuts. Like yeah, I had so to you beat his team, and then you fight Giratina at the end. Right and after, and fight... they don't heal you. Nope. Yep. And then you fight Giratina shadow form again. Yeah, it was amazing. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it felt pretty fucking wild, not gonna lie. Yeah, you know, I, I think um I think this really is like the first Pokemon game that made me feel a certain way. Besides Mystery Dungeon One fucked me up as a kid at the end. Because <laughs> oh, you because yeah. you go back and you have to leave everyone. We're like, dude, this is pretty fucked up. Um Legends RCS, like when you got exiled and then like the whole sky looks like the world's ending and the music is constantly mono or, um uh well it's in minor right so all the songs are in minor it's all sad there is no uplifting music excuse me sorry um i thought that was amazing like it really did make me feel a certain way and, it, and this is where like it's such a shame that there's no voice acting because this that moment could have been elevated so heavily um where it would have made Pokemon one of, I think, one of the mainstays in storytelling. Like, I think this entire story could have benefited so much more from voice acting. You know, when, when you're talking about Volo preaching, it's cool because of who he is and who he becomes, but you can't really appreciate whatever he's trying to say because it's just text. You know, I think text adventures were great back then. 
I just don't think it, you know, really, you know, holds up well today, especially for Pokemon. Like we got to be done with this whole text shit. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring up the story. Besides, obviously, we're talking about the game itself. Um, I definitely was, you know, I felt a certain way. And it definitely was like, redeem yourself. Like, I'll fucking show you guys or, or you know, I'll still do what I'm here to do. Like, I won't let this affect me. And there's literally choices like that, um, that the ancestor lady, who's not Cynthia's ancestor, but looks like her. I don't know. Uh, I think, I think Vol- yeah, I think Volo is more of her ancestor, right? Or maybe that's I think- her grand ancestors maybe i think know. so because um <laughs> i think i think kogita and volo are i don't, I don't want to say like they're shipped or anything or anything like that but there's there's some kind of family connection to cynthia through both of them it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah i'd be surprised if it i will say i did get so pretty much. invested too when you got exiled that made me feel away too because I knew damn well I wasn't in the wrong. Like I was just, but everybody was like against me. And then, yeah. And then when you get sent out of town and you can't even go back to Jubilife like that. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting that they did that. Yeah. I definitely plan on replaying the game specifically for like those moments where you say that. And then having um, Celine's Abra be like a conduit to like the headquarters and, and things like that. You seeing her Abra like just instead of just chilling in her office, like it's like no, like he's got your back. I thought that was really cool. Well, yeah, it's kind of like she still believed in your character, right? So there's still a chance that, like, like this is how they will prove themselves by using the Abra and completing, you know, the mystery or whatever and fixing the world. That's why voice acting would have been great. (laughs) Um. Everything's, you know, gets pretty serious from there on out. It was, it was crazy, man. Um, I remember just being in complete awe at the whole experience at that, at that moment, getting exiled until you complete everything, fight Kamado, you know, capture the legendaries and you get redeemed in, in their eyes. Like, I, I really thought it was crazy. Like, even the fucking chef tries to kill you, not kill you, but, you know, fight you, right? Before mm-hmm. you get to the summit. Yeah. Even he's trying to fight you. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, literally everyone. Besides, you know, the professor and, uh, you know, the whichever character you didn't choose, male or female, um, uh, Akari is mine because I, I play as a male. So she, you know, her and the professor still believed in you, but um, everyone else, no, nope, they completely turned their backs on you. So let's talk about uh, agile and strong style, right? One of the massive new mechanics to the game. Uh, while there's not a lot of, you know, well, there is no PvP battling, but there is battling, of course. What did you guys think of this mechanic, and do you want it to return? Not that it will, but do you want it to return, and what did you think of it? Brian? I thought it was a cool mechanic. I mean, at first I was a little, like, I'm just going to use strong style. I'm just going to use strong style. <laughs> and then once I started messing with the other agile style and all that, it's cool. I would like for it to be a mainstay, but do I think it's actually going to happen? Probably not. But I could I could be totally wrong. We'll see. But no, it was an open or a welcome addition to the gameplay that we're all pretty much used to. Uh yeah, I just I I enjoyed it. Um you know, I thought it was something different. Um I guess I was kind of hoping that maybe the moves too would be a little bit different, right? So you use like a 
a strong fire blast maybe it does like an even different maybe animation right a little bit it kind of does like the screen kind of like you know pauses for a second it makes like a higher pitch noise um i was kind of hoping for a little bit more um i liked it but it can't return because it kind of ruins pvp battling because then you can just uh utilize agile with fast pokemon use a status effect move and then go to the regular attacks and then once you get your second turn you can switch it to a strong attack so i feel like there's ways to i think it'd be too hard to balance it with a thousand pokemon because i think by you know a scarlet and violet or whatever it is um i think we're gonna be reaching a thousand uh yeah brandon what did you what did you think of this um from agile and strong styles i um you know i thought it was a nice gimmick to kind of like be introduced into this new battling style which is like a free free roam uh you know seeing the turn order and everything maybe adds a little bit more strategy to it unfortunately battles didn't really seem to last too long for it to be terribly impactful um did notice a couple times where i was fighting like a boss or an important uh, important battle and you try to you know set up the winning ko but like for the most part it was pretty eh, pretty meh the animation like addition where you saw like your pokemon in a different pose and you know grayscaled thought that was okay um but yeah it could have used some more flair on some attacks i think that'd be really cool but for the most part i don't think it's going to be returning in a scarlet and violet you made another good point as well that it's not it's going to be really difficult to balance with so many pokemon and the different variables i think it's just a standard battling style should be implemented in the future but for a game like this it was it was okay yeah i think it was like this is like one of those cool gimmicks that probably never has to come back That's oh just like right. mega evolutions right oh, oh. stop one Ooh. day we'll have our one day i'll get my mega magic <laughs> um they'll come back they have to come back right right I want a Mega Meganium. Mega Meganium. And, and, and I want to have a Mega Dragonite with That's an what I was item exactly called what I was a Dragonite. Dragonite? <laughs> it's a Mega Dragonite. <laughs> hey! Um, well, I mean, what do you guys think of like the Pokedex, right? So we have a very vast amount of Pokemon in this region. Definitely more than the Diamond and Pearl games in terms of variety. Um Obviously, a lot of their Pokemon are here. I don't know if every, I'm pretty sure every Sinnoh Pokemon. Yeah, um, I think it's the full Sinnoh decks. So it's the full Sinnoh decks. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. So it's the full Sinnoh decks with a massive mixture of everything. Like, I think uh, I think the only thing that's on here, eighth or seventh gen, maybe? No, seven. I don't know. Anyways, there's a nice variety of Pokemon. We had the Hisuian Pokemon. Our starters are different, which we all knew was going to happen. I'm glad it did. Um, yeah. I think uh, this Pokedex is pretty solid. I do wish they just went up to like 400. So we're at like 800 plus Pokemon. Why don't we just do half of them? I would have liked a little bit more. Um, whether it was like going to like an island offshore and seeing the rest of them post game, I'm always into that kind of stuff. But I do think the Pokedex they gave us is still fun. Very great. A lot of fantastic Pokemon to collect. And then obviously we have the evolutions of existing Pokemon, which is kind of cool, right? So it's a Sinnoh game. So they gave us even more evolutions for Pokemon that already existed, which they did in their original Sinnoh game. So I thought that was pretty badass. Um, yeah, so uh, 
you know, I'll leave it at that. But like, Brian, you know, what did you think of the Pokedex and what are some of your favorite Pokemon from the, whether it be new forms, evolutions, I mean, anything. I'm usually pretty bitchy and I like having like a Pokemon game with like a big Dex. Like I think before the DLC Sword and Shield, I was like, this isn't big enough, but I never had that issue with this game. I don't know if it's just because it feels different and I can like explore these different types of region and see these Pokemon living in there. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but no, I was totally fine with the decks. I thought it was great. Um, I would like to hope that maybe we get DLC and get a little bit more Pokemon, but I, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. But no, it's a good sized deck, and I really, I really enjoyed seeing like all the Magmars and Ella kids or Electabuzz. I like seeing those two lines walk around. I think I fought a Alpha Electivire that just fucking murdered me, and that shit made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot to say it. Um, yeah, you know, I like some of the evolutions were sick too, though. So like we had Ursaluna. Um, I never had anything against Teddy Ursa and her uh, Ursaring, but I always felt like there was something missing there. And I got to say, Ursaluna looks derpy at first, but man, that is a badass Pokemon. Absolutely love Ursaluna. Um, Cleaver's kind of whatever. Um, I'm not against it, but I'm also like, eh. I mean, I have a shiny one, so that's cool. Yeah, um, it's definitely not my favorite. Hisui and Braviaris, sick as shit. Just a fantastic decision there. Um and then we have obviously our Hisuian starters. So Brian, is there any Hisuian Pokemon that you would call out that you like? And then uh, who is your starter, by the way? Like, I use Cyndaquil. And I actually left that on my team. Normally, when I play like Pokemon games now, I usually always ditch my starter. I don't know why. I've done it for years since probably I don't know Gen five. I think I've done it since. I don't know why. But I kept my Cyndaquil on my team, and I loved it. And then we were talking about the Hisuian forms. What's the is Basque Legion? Yeah. I think it's kind of a cool Pokemon, but it drives me nuts that you can only evolve it on a a new specific variant of the first stage. What's the first stage called? Basculin. Yeah, there's it has to be a specific white stripe one, and that's only going to be in this game. It's not going to be in the other games. Well, no, the way you evolve it is any of them. In no, the I, th- game. I think it's just the white stripe. Is that the only one that's in the game? Then, yeah. Yeah, only the white stripe can evolve, so I feel like it's you won't be able to get them in other games. Well, yeah, it's a different looking Basculin, too, though. It doesn't look the same as regular Basculin. I'm pretty sure it's It's just a different form of anger because they all three are angry, aren't they? Oh, well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, probably. Or it's it's like the American flag because there's the red one, the blue one, and then there's the new white one, which can evolve into Basculin. And uh, Basculin's from 5th Gen, which is based on America, so... Even though there's no piranhas That makes sense. Except for the ones in in Doomsday Preppers, like, fish tanks, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They're like, Um, yes, America. So, Brandon... Exotics. Yes. yes. Take your drink first. Uh, No, I'm good. Okay, so... I can control myself, thank you. Oh, oh, well, (laughs) Jesus. Um, so yeah, we got the Pokedex, we have the Hisuian forms, new evolutions, new forms, of course, and then obviously mm-hmm. our new starters. You know, what were your thoughts on the Pokedex overall? And like, you know, what were your favorite forms and evolutions? My thoughts on the Pokedex, especially with getting a first hand on how to actually complete the Pokedex with the different tasks, I'm really glad it was cut like down to a, a modest, like under sub 300. Uh, I thought that was a good move with everything that's going on in the game, like 
having an expansive Pokedex would be pretty crazy. I like the variety they put into the game. It had a nice mix of, of course, Pokemon that originated from Gen 4, but also you had Gen 5 and like their new things like Basculin and Rufflet getting new forms and also their new evolutions that are just brand brand new to us as as players in the Pokemon world. Um, So I thought it was a really good mix. Um, There really isn't much I would change except for obviously miss my boy uh tyranitar but oh that's right that's scarlet and violets coming up so i'll get them there um but yeah man i thought it was there was like not a single (laughs) i wouldn't say not a single but um i think in terms of my favorite uh (laughs) hisuian forms um sneezler is definitely not up there that is is some that's some she kind of grew on me a little bit. I don't really? Know. No, I hate yeah. it. Ugly. The, the long claws doing it for you, right? Or what? Oh yeah, I like those fucking unquirked claws. Weird furry fever dream. It's um, dude, that that Pokemon is like a furry's fucking wet dream, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like. Have you guys heard of like the the uh, <laughs> Yowie hands? No, no. So okay. There's a there's a form of <laughs> Japanese like anime or manga named Yaoi, and that's where like you know it's uh, two men in a, in a relationship, and usually the more dominant man has these gigantic fucking hands that are bigger than like the protagonist's head, and it's just it's just a funny meme where it's like oh this dude's got fucking Yaoi hands, and yeah they're just huge, and that's what Sneasler has is Yaoi hands. But anyways, Yaoi um, or Yaoi, people can light me up if I'm saying it incorrectly. I apologize, but um. Don't worry, you know, I don't cor- think anyone's gonna know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's good. This guy's fucking weird. Um <laughs> guy's got a but, hand fetish. I was a hand model uh growing up. <laughs> but uh, you know, I picked <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yes, exactly. Oh, Lord. I don't know if I'll ever post this video, but in case I do, for the audio listeners, um, I I looked up what Brandon's talking about. It is very, very now disturbing. I look it up. See, at first I thought it was a picture of Sneasler holding holding the main character, but it was just a picture for me, yeah. We... Uh but yeah, this was an excellent uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Brian, look. What in the whole? <laughs> what <laughs> the hell's going on here, brother? Why? It's like uh, just encapsulates your head, just fucking. So um, was there a big ass evo- hands. <laughs> was there a specific <laughs> evolution that you'd call out that you liked, whether it be your starter or a new evolution that a Pokemon got? You know, I, I started know with. Cind- say. I know I started with Cyndaquil, man, but I love my little stoner ghost boy. I named him. Uh, I nicknamed mine. My Typhlosion, uh, Karen, like the boatman from Greek mythology. Oh, who, there you go. Yeah, who um, helps fairy souls to the uh, to the underworld. Yeah, that's um, it. It was so cool, dude. Like, I think they nailed it with all the starters um, and their alternate forms that we get for Sui. Um, Braviary is even more sick than he already was. Like, and Stantler and Basculin definitely needed that evolution to make them really stand out and memorable and i think they really got done justice um yeah great great hisuian forms all around um but typhlosion is my boy and i can't wait to get him in card form he's finally going to get a ultra rare for the first time since like my god uh, hard gold oh wow where um you know typhlosion prime was probably typhlosion the last prime. ultra rare. yeah that's not one to really talk about so 
<laughs> yeah, it's really not. And his new full art is insane. I want to place it for sure. Oh, um, I'm, making, that's, I'm making a deck with Hisuian Typhlosion. I don't even care if it sucks. We're making starter decks for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think Typhlosion is definitely the standout one. However, I also love Decidueye and Samurott. I also think those Pokemon were very well taken care of. Their shiny forms all look like their original forms. Love um, that. Yeah, I think they just did a fantastic job of these Pokemon. And also the existing Pokemon, like you talked about, Stantler getting becoming Weirdear and then um, Basculin becoming Basculegion. And then even Ursaring. Ursaring is not even that utilized in PvP, right? So now Ursaluna has a chance to really step up and do that physical attack damage, um, be a real attacker on a team. Um, you know, I just think they did such a great job. But uh, before we move on to Legendary Pokemon, I want to talk about the Pokedex itself, right? This is the first Pokedex being completed in terms of our uh, game experience. Um, I, I think you completing task to actually seeing a Pokemon use Spark, like uh, for Magnemite, because it's like one of the last Pokemon I had to get for my Pokedex, of all things. Um, his is like using Spark a certain amount of times or Thundershock. It's there's something about those many requests within the Pokedex to fulfill to to level it to level ten um, that I found extremely satisfying because I I used a ton of Pokemon that I would never even touch to complete to level ten. So uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts on the Pokedex with with those tasks? Um, you know I definitely believe it lends into the canon like you were saying is like this Pokemon that not a lot of people know about, especially one that's a magnet with an eyeball it's like you're kind of seeing like what the fuck is this and it has like every pokemon has its signature moves like but the starters for instance you know use typhlosion use infernal parade um shattered edge for samurai and triple arrows for decidueye so it's like having that become common knowledge that these pokemon will learn these moves and that seems to be what they're good at and recording that into the decks it really lends into the canon that we're really familiar with uh, going on into the mainline games uh, so I think the tasks are cool and I really appreciated them it's just sometimes like especially towards the end for a final evolution or for a legendary they get super grindy and I get it because you know you can't with a reduced pokedex you want to ha- add like a little bit of filler to make it so you can't just finish it in a week so I understand but um you know, my only complaint is that it's a little grindy, but in terms of like being an absolute whore for the lore and like the experience of making the first Pokedex, I look past it. So <laughs> real quick before Brian goes, uh, an example for everyone listening who hasn't played the game or maybe not gotten this far, you have to use Psy Shield Bash Agile style 20 times to evolve a Stantler. So yeah, things like that were kind of fucking stupid, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that was that was... I was, I was pretty upset about that because I really then, wanted a weird ear. <laughs> yeah, and then Basculin, it was used Wave Crash until you did enough damage to yourself and then it can evolve. So, very... You guys didn't know that? I did. I don't have a Basculation no. yet, so now I know. Thank Fucking you. nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, what were your um, thoughts on like the Pokedex task and do you like them or do you wish things would have been different? I think there's pros and cons to it. I think it's a lot more rewarding in this game rather than just catching something and it's checked, you're done. It's cool that you have all these tasks to do and you get a, like you said, use Pokemon I wouldn't use and just, it's different and it's a hell of a lot more rewarding once you do it. I hope I can do it. I hope I can put enough time into and complete this game because I genuinely like really want to. 
But damn, I feel like especially in the middle half or towards the end, it's going to be a grind fest. And like I said, the whole thing is like pros and cons. It's different, but I'm not looking forward to the real grind fest at the end. Yeah, you know, that's why I was telling you guys, um, because, you know, not that it matters, but I was pretty far ahead of you guys when you were still completing your games. That's why I text you guys everything you see, everything that you find, either catch it and battle it. Because essentially, if you do all that, and this is to anyone listening, you will complete the Pokedex pretty naturally without having to grind it out like I am. Like, there's seriously some of them that have been annoying as shit. Like, I just had to, uh, on Saturday, catch a Truby that took like 30 minutes to, you know, hit out of a tree. Then I had to do absorb with it eight times and the Pokemon's dog shit. And then I had to get a Sherem and then battle with that too, which wasn't too bad, but like, it's crazy. Like something back in the day that would have taken you two minutes took me probably like 45 to an hour Damn. for two Pokemon. Did they fix so. the Cherim glitch? Cause there was a glitch the first like week and you could not catch Cherim. I yeah, think they patched it though. Yeah. It's already been fixed. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I want to bring up, and I might be the only one talking about a few of them, but I do want to talk about the legendary Pokemon in the game, and then we'll move on to other new mechanics and features the game has, and then kind of wrap it up. Um, the origin forms for Dialga and Palkia. What are your thoughts, Brian? Um, Palkia has not grown on me. That thing looks derpy as shit. Um, Dialga has grown on me a little bit, but do I think it's would I say it's good? No, it's they're weird looking. They're just they're not pleasant to look at at all. Um, I don't have too much to say about them. They're when I when they first leaked and I saw the images, like I could not believe my eyes. It was like, oh yeah, I thought it was fake. I didn't want to think. I didn't want to believe it. I really thought it was fake, and then obviously it wasn't. Yeah, um, it's a little tough because Palkia is like one of my favorite Pokemon. You know, definitely legendary. Uh, he's right up there with Groudon, believe it or not. Um, and Lugia and oh god, I could go on all day about legendaries. But Palkia is great. I love the way Palkia looks. Um, seeing the origin form made me literally go, "How could they massacre my boy?" Um, it's fucking rough. I welcome to Attack Legend fans. Worst uh, nightmare for the last like six and Y. I know the pain. Yeah, welcome to our life, bastard. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought the origin forms were fucking stupid and terrible. I understand the meaning behind them, though, after, you know, seeing them again in the games and obtaining them and using them in battle. Obviously, they're meant to look like Arceus. I just think with Palkia, they should have just made Palkia a fucking horse. Just go all the way, make him a giant horse, or, you know, I guess it, whatever. I always say him, but um, just make them a giant horse, right? Like, I don't understand why they couldn't do that, because without his hands kind of stupid like yeah. he like fuck his hands are pretty fucking iconic dude just like there's just something about them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i look like shit but we should post the videos this is fucking hilarious. all three of us <laughs> i mean that was like his sprite on the game too yeah and like the box legendary it was pretty iconic to be like his top half is t-rex arms so I get what you're saying, dude. It's like it's it's jarring. I'm like, what the fuck are your hands? Yeah, <laughs> Dialga. Dialga is completely salvageable in my opinion. Um, yeah, I am not looking forward to seeing these cards in TCG form and knowing that we're gonna get these cards as full arts, alt arts, V stars instead of the regular versions kills me inside. Um, but Brandon, 
what are your thoughts on the origin forms and uh and then we'll jump into the rest of legendaries i'll probably bring them up and then you guys can do whatever you want with those but yeah origin forms what are your thoughts origin forms of dialga and palkia you know i've i'm a huge fan of origin form giratina i think that's the coolest fucking thing you know like flying through the distortion world so when i heard origin forms i was assuming more something along those lines but then i realized it's from a different plane you could it's it's it you the symbolism is essentially like it's from hell so of course it's a little bit serpentine it's a little twisted a little you know more evil looking and um it makes sense like you were saying like it's understandable why because they're created in arceus's like image that they would be uh sort of equestrian but this is a weird like horse girl fever dream um i'm not down with this shit (laughs) Uh, it was pretty like seeing palkia was pretty jarring i was like what the fuck yeah i was like (laughs) where are your fucking hands (laughs) i Um, need the flappers where's the spatulas at boys he's like these are my hooves you bitch Um, you guys (laughs) you guys know that little wayne meme but like those are his hooves you bitch (laughs) can we get some Um, little wayne right now can you still do that um but yeah, so it was, yes, it was a little can. jarring, but I, I understand them. Am I a fan of them? Not really. But will I probably pull a couple of the full arts and like still hold on to them because they're. Dialogue is pretty tight. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Dialogue is tight. Seeing, <laughs> is so weird. Seeing all of us struggle to talk about these really makes my day. Because yeah, like I, I'm going to try to complete Astral Radiance as well. The master said. So no matter what, I have to uh, embrace these big boys in some fashion. Uh, pretty one-sided because he doesn't have any fucking hands. Oh, damn, brother. <laughs> Got him. Can't even damn. dab. Eddie, just, Eddie did the fucking Harry Potter Sanic dab. Um, what were your thoughts on the genie? Did you guys get the other genie? I forgot her name now. But they added a new genie Pokemon. I did not get the genie, but... It looks. Brandon doesn't even know what we're talking about. He doesn't like, even know. Like I dream a genie. No, like like the genies. You know they have the genies in Gen Five. They added a fourth one. Uh-huh. They added this a one looks like the Queen of Hearts from fucking Alice in Wonderland. Oh my gosh, kind of does. I'm not into it. Um, I already, I already vented about my hatred for the genie in another episode. If you guys remember that. Yeah, so no, I mean, when I heard forget. we were getting a fourth one, I didn't even have to see it. I knew I was gonna hate it. <laughs> I hate. She, she's this. Awesome. Oh my, you really didn't know? What the fuck is this? Fuck my life. I forgot about it, honestly, until you brought it up to the... You fucking guys. Um, it has two forms, too. Isn't one like a fucking flying car? <laughs> I like, I like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, sedan. It's like a hoverboard or some shit. Yeah, that's a thick-ass sedan, brother. It. I. Okay, hold up. Yeah. I kind of like this because it looks like it looks like the like Pokemon's first drag queen. Oh my god! Looks like a yeah. queen of hearts. Yeah, yeah and it's got like a, it's got like a literal feather. It's got a boa on, which has a head as like like a like a boa like a snake. What's this thing's name again? Stupid. <laughs> I don't remember what's the name, Brandon. Mm, enamorous. Enamorous. Like Landorus, yeah. Tornadus, and Thunderous. Mm-hmm. It's enamorous. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. I love it. <laughs> Br- Brandon's here for it. I'm fucking here for it, dude. I'm living right now. I'm not right. digging it. So here we have that boy, right? 
Okay, he's actually growing on me now. Fuck, dude. Yeah, and then we got flappers. <laughs> got his little wings. I don't know. That's a nice Pokemon. It'd be nice if I took his arms away. <laughs> yeah, some nice arms you got there. Dude, you know what's crazy, though, is, like, Dialga's thick. <laughs> <laughs> that boy is a fucking certified chunk. Well, look, look at him. Now look at those fucking back legs, dude. See, I don't like that one, but I don't hate it. It's like serviceable, but it's doofy as fuck looking. It's it, he he skipped back leg day for sure. You know why I don't like him? Because it's like how do these Pokemon function? Like they look so stupid. I mean, they're they're gods of time and space. I don't think they need to function. How we can I'm comprehend? Stupider than the genies. Because like because like another thing too is is like it seems so like foreign and weird, but it's like biblical angels. You know, like how they say. Angels aren't like, you know, beautiful women with blonde hair and, you know, tits and all that. It's <laughs> it's this gigantic eye with a bunch of fucking wings around it that looks all trippy. Yeah. You know, so I think it's like it's supposed to be kind of like the fuck. Uh, that's why I hate you, Brandon. You're always fucking bringing the logic to these Pokemon designs and it's always on point. Like, I know. Well, I, know I mean, you're right. This shit. Yeah. It's I mean, so you're fucking right, annoying. Though, like, Pokemon is very, you know, um, you know they always know how to do it right though like you know there's always a reason for their designs so i mean it is cool they grew on me a little bit they're not as bad i mean i won't lie when we saw the, like the leaked images though i was pretty sad but you know yeah it is, it is what it is i just purposely left them on my team so i had to deal with them so yeah. now i have a level 100 Palkia, but I, I of course put him back to the flapper form um let's move on to the mass outbreaks and how amazing they are. And they need to stay in the games forever. Uh, Brian, did you utilize this feature a lot? Or I've only done a few of the mass outbreaks. And I think I did a Psyduck one and like the second or third one noticed me. And then they all ganged up on me and I had to like dip the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Clap pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah. You can get clapped up real quick, but I want to go back to them and like really focus on, I want to try to get some shinies out of it. Because it seems like a really cool like mechanic, or it, it seems really cool. I haven't done the alpha ones yet. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on? Because I know Brian hasn't done it yet, but uh, maybe you haven't either. But what are your but, thoughts on the mass outbreaks and then the massive mass outbreaks? And if you haven't done massive, then I'll just talk about those on my own. Um, yeah, so I've only I haven't gotten to the point of the massive mass outbreaks because that's post Arceus acquisition, right? No. Oh, you, I can, guess, like, you can probably go do it right now, to be honest. Oh, okay, well, that's probably what I'll do after the cast. Um, either that or play Elden Ring, I don't know. Um, I know, it's so tough. Um. <laughs> um, but, I've, so, but so far, I've only done the mass outbreaks, just the original ones, um, and I did utilize the uh, method for shiny hunting, which I got uh, a shiny Gabite, which I still have waiting for you, Rai. I haven't evolved it yet. Um... I'll give, the, I'll give you the uh rowlet after this oh for sure yeah we'll just do a one-for-one trade then perfect um but yeah i utilized that trick a bit and i got a couple shinies i can't remember for the life of me what the other ones were but it was really nice to do the gabite uh outbreak and then get my shiny and then have like all the rest of the ones i catch log for the pokedex of number caught because you do have to catch a certain number of like mid or final forms and instead of going through the uh, whole leveling process, you can just go find them out in the wild. It's a really good way to complete your decks if you're trying to go for the individual tasks. So I thought they were really cool. It was something really nice that reminded me of um, the outbreaks from Jet 4, right? The Poké Radar ones. 
Uh, yeah, and then they also remind me of the hordes from X and Y. If you use sweet scent in grass, you get the hordes. That's how you would EV train. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it, and the fact that it could also be terrifying. Fucking, I almost got knocked out by, in fact, Zubats is what I was hunting, and they almost oh, wow. took my ass out. Wait till you see the massive mass outbreaks. Oh, no, I'm terrified already. <laughs> uh, the last shiny you got was shiny Weasel. Oh, yeah, and that was obtained just by flying over it. <laughs> nice which is cool i mean it's still a cool pokemon oh you know what the last outbreak shiny i got was abra oh yeah first like, fucking try dude yeah what? terrifying though oh it was so fucking terrifying when because i also have one um he teleported right as the stars came up and i'm like he's gone it's over oh no <laughs> and then i think that i got him i was very patient because I knew if I rolled or reacted because of that, I would have actually made him teleport. So I yeah. just played it cool and I still got him. But I, I think that's going to be one of the hardest shinies to acquire for some people. So when you got it, I'm not saying you suck or anything, but I was kind of surprised because I, I was so terrified of that experience myself. Damn. I remember your experience and like it happened to me and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, it not... hit me. I was like, oh shit, this is, this is going to be rough. <laughs> uh, yeah. The outbreaks in this game, um, have added a level of replayability I didn't think was possible in Pokemon games. It is so much more enjoyable to know that if you consistently do these outbreaks before daybreak, that you could reset and you will get a shiny. Like it's going to happen. Um, and it felt more satisfying though, because you could still catch the Pokemon for your Pokedex, like Brandon was saying. Because if you catch like 10 of them, you completed the Pokedex for that entry. Um, it, I don't know. It was just cool as shit because. Like I texted you guys. I mean, this was like pretty early too. I um, well, my Slagoo outbreak, Hisui and Slagoo, literally two shinies popped up at the same time. Oh, I absolutely lost my mind. I couldn't believe it. And now I have a shiny Slagoo and a shiny uh, Gudra, and it's just it's just cool as shit, man. Like, dude's got a fucking bronze shell now, and it's all shiny and shit. So this game definitely restored my love for shiny pokemon because it's been so stale and this is something that you know all three of us have talked about so much with like sword and shield shinies and then pokemon go pretty much ruining shinies um but this game made it feel good again like let's go did and this is something me and brian were just talking about is how like the overworld shinies has to stay a thing it, it adds a level of wonder of replayability that you just can't get anywhere else to know that you found that rare specimen in the wild and it's like literally walking around with its other species uh, or, or the same species like it's just cool as shit like like one of the last ones i got was um uh, shiny piplup right and it was just like it was fucking amazing i was like there's a beautiful bastard just chilling with his family and now i'm gonna take him away <laughs> um i caught him all and released the rest but he doesn't know it's all right um you're his family so, now yeah right uh so with the dlc the content update that came out i think it was last week or two weeks ago now um daybreak the massive mass outbreaks were a new feature that were added and so now with this feature you can still find the regular outbreaks by the way you know so you guys can still experience those um instead of a singular pokemon now the entire map is covered with outbreaks so there's i think there's up to 10 to 15 outbreaks on the map and some of them any of them can do it you know i don't know if youtubers have updated their videos but any of them can have a second wave which says like a new horde is forming 
Well, there's one specifically where it's guaranteed and there's like a star over the Pokemon. So if you guys see those, it doesn't mean it's shiny. It just means that there's a second wave that's guaranteed to show up when you take the first wave out. But now um, that second wave can be entire alphas of an evolution. So for instance, mine was literally a a full alpha wave of of Zora, Zora Zorark. So an entire alpha Zorark outbreak. Nice. Yeah, so if you think those Zubats and Psyduck are terrifying, wait till you get to where <laughs> I'm at. And then all the Magmortars shooting fire blasts at you is way more terrifying. So um, you got to get prepared. Yeah, and my yeah. first shiny out, out outside of those, or you know, with those new outbreaks, was a shiny Togetic. So very cool, very happy about that. Um, a great feature, um, and that's why I still kind of want the Pokedex to be expanded upon a little bit before scarlet and violet because these features have really added a lot of replayability so the next thing we'll get into now but before we get into it entirely is you know we had space time distortions which is also another fun little feature that are within the game um that was the only way to get cyndaquil oshawott and rallet they were rare spawns out of the space time distortions but now with the massive mass outbreaks you can actually find them so I did a cool lava outbreak and the second wave was literally nothing but alpha typhlosions. So very, very badass. Nice. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So a lot of rare Pokemon will pop up on these. Um, I, I don't know. The shiny odds are kind of different. I feel like I'm finding less shinies now, but then again, this last weekend was pretty good for me. So I guess it's a real hit or miss, but I, I just think the replayability with these features is great. Uh, I think it's fantastic, and I hope to see something like this continued in the future. It should also never be taken away like overworld shinies. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list a few features that are also in the game, and you guys can talk about whichever ones you want or none of them. So you have the battle area. I don't know if you guys have gone there yet since you've beaten the game, but you can actually re-battle all, all the trainers in the game that are main. Uh, there's a trainer specifically, Ingo, who's from Unova, who also got sent back somehow or doesn't remember who he is. He's the sea captain guy who does like the weird pointing and downward. That's that's Um, pretty wild to see him there. Yeah, so he's also there. And if you battle him, you'll get 15,000 experience for each of your Pokemon per battle. So it's a really good way to level up in the end game. So that way your Pokemon are like level 100 and whatnot. Um, Also a good way to level up Pokemon you need to complete the Pokedex. But being able to rebattle those trainers in a specific area where it's clearly the training grounds, I thought was really cool. You can also use the training grounds to master styles and also switch out moves like a move tutor. Um, we also have the, the farming, right? So you can also have the guy farm for you. And depending on what you have him uh, plant, it'll take a certain amount of Pokemon to um, catching a certain amount of Pokemon to finish the harvest. Um, so there's also mints in the game. So they brought those back. So you can get like an adamant mint and then you can make the CGI and an attack heavy Pokemon and then decrease the special attack stat. Um, you know, the stylus is back, the photographer's there, you can change your clothes, um, you can craft. So any of those that you guys want to um, you know, spotlight specifically. If I actually stated oh. my same clothes from the beginning of the game. They were I didn't they were- change I didn't change my outfit. I think I tried changing like my haircut and I was like, I, I'm good on these, and I left I kept my hair the same. They're pretty iconic. The 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 Survey Corps uniform. I thought yeah. it was really bitching. So yeah, I, 
I tossed it around back and forth too. I changed it to the Diamond Clan outfit after a while, but yeah, the Survey Corps stuff is perfect. Like, I really hope we get full art trainer cards of Akari, and um, I forgot what the guy's name is. And yeah, yeah Brandon, did anyone play as a, a female? No, if I do a second playthrough, I'll do a female. But yeah, I don't remember what his name is, but yeah, I hope we get full art trainers of like all of these Legends RCS people because I think. Well, everyone's outfits are pretty cool, especially ours as a survey core. We will for sure be getting, I think, Celine and, and Kamado. Kamado. Yeah, yeah, and those look pretty sick. So yeah, that's gonna be really cool. But uh, it was it was really cool to see like the requests from the haircut, uh, the hairstylist and the and the clothier, because mm-hmm. like, oh, find both the east and west Sholos, find the male and female uh wow. Hippopotus. Um find a mischievous like it was really it was really cool if you really wanted to it, i'm a i'm kind of like a fashion nerd i like that's where i spend most of my time like even i sent to you guys um to our group chat like oh i made it look like prince ashitaka from you know princess mononoke and i'm riding on a weird ear which is like a red elk nice or yeah. close enough so so yeah it was nice to have a uh, trainer customization still uh, favorite feature yeah i wish they added a hood to the ninja mask because then you literally could have been a mortal combat ninja it was, it was like i can't believe they just didn't do it they have like a head wrap or it's like a it's like an all-around head bandana that covers your hair it kind of gives you the illusion of like a hood but that's like the close you can get yeah because the ninja mask is perfect um what did you guys think of crafting like crafting your own pokeballs potions um traps you know any of that stuff, Brian? Did I loved you do it. it? I think that I loved it. I think there was a couple times in the early game where I would literally just go run and find trees just so I can like stockpile pokeballs, and I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I, I love crafting too. I, I mean, I did the same thing. I think I just, I just stockpiled the balls. I didn't really make too many potions or other things. I think I made a pokey doll to give somebody who wanted one, but that was mainly making pokeballs. Yeah, it was it was nice to be like in that moment, like in the field, you're like, oh fuck yeah, dude, I'm gonna catch this rare rare ass Pokemon right now, and then you're like, shit, I mean Pokeballs, hold up, (laughs) crafting kit on deck, that was really fun. Yeah, so a couple other features I want to bring up, Um, satchels, right? So you find satchels around the map. Uh, Some of them you'll get items, but most of them you get points that you can put towards evolution items from a person in the village. And then we also have trading, so you can trade local or wirelessly, which I didn't even realize until like the very end of the game, like before I think I caught the legendaries. So that was pretty funny. Um, we also have the merchants that sell the evolutionary items. And then um, we also have collecting all the wisp. And if you collect them all, you get to battle spirit tomb. And then uh, I'm just trying to think of all the features. But yeah, we'll go with those, right? Um, did you guys collect any of the wisps so far? I know you probably didn't collect them all, but Brian, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was just oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, no, it's okay if either of you guys did. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, um, I I collected a few, um, just as I saw them like flying on Bravier, especially is when I would, but oh, shit, there they are. I didn't see them on Weirder a whole lot. Um, part of me wanted mm-hmm. to keep like away from them so I could look up a guide and like follow the guide precisely instead of like picking them up as I go and then trying to go back and get them all and be like, Oh, go to, you know, uh, Crimson Myrlands wisp number three. And then you go there and you're like, Oh shit, I already got it. So like start a full, like to start off with a clean slate to find all those wisps, I feel like would have been the better route, but um, 
I've been picking up a couple of them. Uh, I thought it was cool though how it was reminiscent of you know, it's it's a pain. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain cool. in the ass. But it's good. I, but it's it's nice though. I don't know. It's, it was the spiritum flavor that was pretty um, pretty dope. For anyone listening, do what Brandon just said. Just fucking yeah. leave them until you're gonna get them all at the same time. Because I didn't yeah. do that. Every region I had to do this weekend only had five or less. And let me tell oh. you, looking for them fucking sucked ass. Oh man. Yeah, I think the the Icelands or whatever, the Cobalt Icelands or whatever it is. I think it literally took me 30 minutes to find like the last two. It's pretty oh rough. Oh my god. Because because you keep looking, you're like, where the fuck am I missing it? I swear to God, the last one was like almost in plain sight, and I was so pissed. I was so pissed <laughs> off. Like I think I got a hit from it. It was that bad. So is there um, one spirit tomb per area? If you get them all in one area, you get a spirit tomb for that area, or do you have to get them throughout the whole game? Throughout the whole game, and you get one spirit tomb. Whole Christ. game. Yeah. But now that spirit tomb with the massive mass outbreaks can pop up and also be a shiny alpha spirit tomb, which is now the rarest Pokemon in the entire game with zero point zero one percent chance of sh- uh, popping up. Um. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys uh, dabble with the satchels at all? Did you guys utilize those? I got heavy into that. I was doing the satchels yeah. a lot. I, I actually stopped doing the main story, and I was just going to collect satchels because I think being able to have evolution items to just evolve them is such a great thing. I hope they do that in the future. I, I always hated that, like, some Pokemon you had to trade. Imagine if you're, like, a kid and you're the only one playing, you can't get a Pokemon you want because you can't evolve it. I really hope they make those items stay and you can just use the item on the Pokemon to straight up evolve it. I think that's such a quality of life improvement. It's, it's um, funny that you mentioned that because I had my brother-in-law text me. He's like, hey, dude, like, do you want to trade? I need to, I want to evolve my Haunter into a Gengar. And I was like, well, you don't even need to do that. And I was at my girlfriend's house, so I was away from our home. And I was like, do you don't even need that. You just need a link cable. from the from getting satchels and stuff and i thought it was so ironic that like back in the day where you had to have an external cable to trade Mm -hmm. and do all that to get a gengar or machamp um and now that we have internet connectivity that's so like prevalent now we finally get where you just need an item called a link cable to to do it i thought it was pretty funny because like yeah you can just text me and be like hey i want to evolve this real quick I got you. Let me hop on. It's just, it's just funny to me. And there's Luna. There's Luna. Oh my Ooh. god. Well, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say what the dog doing. What the dog doing? She'd be in a full moon. Hey. <laughs> yeah, because her name's Luna, and she's. Um, I really so hope they stay like that. The items. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of glanced over it, but um, what did you guys think of the space time distortion? Hmm. I've actually only been in like one or two, and. It, I think I was barely at like the tail end of it. So I didn't really get to explore. And I think it was kind of early mid game for me. So my Pokemon weren't quite strong enough. So I was getting fucking my ass handed to me. So I had to kind of get out, but I'm excited to like go into more of them and see what I can find. I really want to find some of the starters. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, I think it <laughs> just got licked in the fucking mouth. Um, I paid no. for that. What? So usually you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> um, I thought they were cool. They're definitely tough. You kind of just have to go in there and look for what you need and get the hell out. Because some of the yeah. Pokemon that pop up are useless. Like in the in the sea area, fucking Carnivine shows up a lot. And I'm like, why don't you useless sack of shit? Like, I don't want you. 
why are you here yeah pretty much it's it's mainly go running around and getting like the shards so i can make like the the star piece yeah that's like the big deal for wow. space time distortions and now finding a magnemite which i'll look out for yeah um they pop up pretty quick on those distortions brandon like i immediately kept finding them that's where so, you get porygon too right uh crimson my lens is for porygon 2 and z and porygon mm. And they pop up pretty easily. Like they're not—they're they're rare, they're, but they're not that rare. They're fairly. Like, I see one every space distortion in Crimson. Yeah, the Alpha Porygon Z is technically more rare, and I think I got that in my first one, so it's not too bad. <laughs> oh shit! Um, all right, so we talked about space distortions. Um, Was I the only one who turned on the gyroscope when playing? Because it's turned off when you start the game. Oh yeah, I, I really like. I turned it on and I put it on the mid setting. I really enjoyed it that way, but I didn't know if you guys used it. I didn't use it. I didn't think to, to put it on either, but there are some moments where I was like kind of tilting my switch too. And I'm like, it's not working. <laughs> what did you guys think of the feature where if you hold the L trigger down, you go into first person mode. And then if you press on the right thumbstick, it gets rid of the UI. So it basically becomes Pokemon snap. Uh, I knew about the left trigger, but I didn't know about the right thumbstick trick. That's Same pretty incredible but i use like the the focus mode to to get good screenshots and stuff of pokemon just being pokemon man like it was so awesome to see all that like i don't know it's cool yeah this weekend i got a picture of my shiny magmar just passing out (laughs) and then snorlax is just sitting there looking like he's ready to eat me um yeah i'll have to be posting those pictures and then i went to the the summit of mount coronet and took a picture of all the legends uh all the kids in Arceus. So, um, God, I feel like there's something else we're forgetting and I can't remember what it is. You mean like feature wise? Yeah. Um, you can buy more space in your bag. Yes. I need to go back and do that. I haven't done that in a while because it starts to get expensive. Oh, dude, I'm at like 20K right now for one slot and I'm like, this is fucking extortion. Oh yeah, I'm not there yet. I think I'm, at, like, I'm close 10K. to that, but I every time I get money, that was like my main go-to was get more bag space, get more bag space because mm-hmm. I hate being out in the open. It's like, oh, you can't pick this up. Yeah, and you can like craft, like quick craft some shit to like free up some space, but yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a fucking hoarder and I just was like, you know, take everything. Same. Well, I'm happy to report when you get to my part of the game, you just start dropping shit because you don't care anymore. There's some, there's definitely like a hierarchy of materials that you're like, ah, oh, I'm never gonna craft with this. I don't need it. So just fucking bye. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we covered a lot. Um, there's definitely a lot to cover with this game. I kind of just want to play it now. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you guys would like to bring up about the game that you really liked and loved, or is there anything else that you would have changed about the game that we currently have? I think personally, I thought it was a really refreshing take on Pokemon. It definitely made me excited to play again. Um, it was a fantastic experience, and it's one that I'm not going to forget nor stop playing for a very long time. And I really enjoyed how like humans and Pokemon were so separate, like in the beginning, and then like as you progress in the game, you start to see Pokemon being utilized in the village, and it was. Uh, it was really rewarding, um, you know. So I, th- I think it's just a fantastic game, and um, yeah, really. Right. 
Uh, I think it's far from perfect, but it's the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game since I was young, probably. And I think they're really laying the groundwork for the future of the franchise. And I think it got more people excited about the future. Everything's kind of been stagnant gameplay wise for pretty much since the game started, honestly. Um, and I'm really open for like the future and I'm excited to see how the series goes after this game. Yeah. I, th- I think that the future is looking good. The amount of positive press this game has between fans and the actual press themselves is pretty remarkable um, to see like everyone unanimously pretty much appreciate the game and, and love it and, and actually want to play it and not shit on the trees and the graphics. Cause they are, the graphics are, you know, pretty um, rough around the edges, but like we talked about in our, uh pokemon day episode i'm pretty sure that's what it was um the performance is there right the game runs great it's enjoyable to play and it really helps it out i do think uh, it's gonna be tough but i do think this is the best pokemon experience since black and white too i think it even trumps x and y and auras um don't bark at me little shit oh she's not barking the pokemon are really lively in the game too and that makes it i don't think the areas and the characters are that lively but damn those pokemon when you just send them all out and they're doing their thing they're sleeping it really gets you like involved and invested in the game for me personally yeah there's definitely enough there like you said the foundation here to move forward with this franchise in the best way possible and honestly scarlet and violet are already looking like that we are going to get our first full-on open world no loading barriers pokemon game if they keep us like the way we played RCS where we're just a trainer wandering about doing our thing, throwing the Pokemon out and they can sit, sleep, talk to us, whatever. I think that's got to stay. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot here that people, I hope, you know, I hope Eric, you know, he's obviously busy as shit with his life and he listens to his podcast. So, you know, I hope that he does get to play it with our nephew miles. And I, I, I think it's just such a fantastic game for even people to watch. Like it's just a fun game to chill and watch. Um, what would you guys rate the game out of 10? I'll go first. Please do. I think this game is a solid 8.8 out of 10. I do think not giving us the chance to just battle friendly or some sort of cooperative experience with friends is a huge missed opportunity. And honestly, the voice acting is, it's huge, man. It's huge. It takes away so much from the story to not have it acted out. I I, I just, I feel like there's a, a huge misstep there. Yeah. Um, I would have liked the Pokedex to just hit 300. We could have added another 58 Pokemon and been, been cool with that. Um, yeah, the game's good. Graphics could be a little bit better, but that's not their fault. Nintendo doesn't know how to make a better console, apparently. Why would they? It's sales are ridiculous. Brian, what are your thoughts? Final think, final thoughts on the game. I think I'm only going to rate it on gameplay-wise because I'm really going to try not to harp for how it looks because we all feel the same about it. But um, just gameplay-wise, I'd say probably 7 or 8. I'm probably leaning more towards 8 because it is such a smooth and it's such a smooth game, like, battle-wise and catching-wise. It just feels so damn fun. Like, it is genuinely fun as hell. I never want to go back to catching Pokemon the same, like, way now. I love being able to like crouch down, sneak up behind something, just eat a ball at it. Like it's incredible. <laughs> and I'm going to rate it like probably eight just for the mechanics alone. 
Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Brandon, what are your final thoughts on this game? I'm going to say... Um, sorry, my internet was catching up, dude. Um, I guess Walmart's having some connectivity issues as well. Because uh, <laughs> my internet's been no, so shit lately. I appreciate the Walmart joke. <laughs> Throwing it back, right? Um, yeah, I'd give it like a, a good 8.5. It was definitely one of the most like positive Pokemon experiences I've had in a very long time since Black and White 2, like you said. Um, the catching mechanics, the, you know, being able to literally do a critical hit by like smacking them in the back because they were so unsuspecting and even implementing that in a battle. So if you have an alpha that's giving you trouble, you can still just nail them in the back with your primary Pokemon you're going to battle it with. Um, you know, I, it was a great game and um, I really hope they keep this formula up. So, um, yeah, 8.5. I think the only thing I would improve or change is, you know, put some voice acting in, give the story some weight and some, you know, put some skin in it, dude. Like, make these characters more than just text and, like, the same facial expression. Um, I think it's about time. So I hope we see that in Scarlet and Violet. But Pokemon Legends Arceus was definitely a, a great step in the right direction. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. But it was fucking awesome yeah no i think it's great i think the story you know it shows the visuals are there the the music is perfect and on point so yeah the voice acting would have really helped out there but yeah thank you guys so much for being on the podcast thank you to everyone listening you can catch us next week on whatever i record uh brian do you have anything else you want to say today or you can tell the people where to find you yeah i might be doing a zelda related giveaway soon so keep an eye out for that that'll be cool yes Please go follow him on Instagram at another vinyl page. He's got a very sick ass vinyl collection. I see a $200 vinyl sitting behind him that he just drove to San Francisco for. I saw, I looked it up on eBay. It's going, it's going to keep going up, man. It's going to be crazy. Oh yeah. Glass jaw is such a good band. Uh, Brandon, tell the people where they can find you and what you're up to. Well, you can find me on Instagram at giga narwhal. That's G I G A N A R W H A L. Uh, names in the works pages in a work in the works as well as ryan stated you know plenty of times but if you go and find me there you can find a lot of my older collection which is still up and running and i'm hoping to add to that page soon so if you want to see what it was like before please check me out and then um yeah you'll see when we get back into it so whether it's beautiful vinyls or cardboard crack there's something there for you so please go check these guys out and brandon i'm sorry i cut you off you want to say something else is that it uh no <laughs> okay <laughs> that's it i think my i get my internet cut so like i was about to say something and then i didn't so okay, yeah. um <laughs> well thank do, you walmart you know for sponsoring the show <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um thanks um, no i was gonna say i was gonna say thanks for having me it was great to talk with you guys about arceus um we've been talking about it in our chat all since it came out but to actually do it on the cast is um it's the it's been a long time coming so yeah thank you guys so us. much for being on man you guys are glad the best. to be here glad it's be always here. a good time so yeah thank you guys for listening thank you guys for being here and you can catch us next week and uh that's it so bye Bye-bye. bye